when I went to start exploring, you know, I never from the get-go thought that it was going to be about being able to shift your mindset. It was more during the fact and after the fact, I suppose, that you look back because what it actually does is it really puts you in these positions that are unexpected sometimes. Uh, you don't know what you're going to face. You don't know what you're going to come up against. And that's what really builds resilience. You can build resilience by having a set outcome and you know what you're working towards and it's a challenge. But when you have absolutely no idea of what you're going to face, you have to get creative. You're listening to Christy Unedited, the podcast. And I'm your host, Christy Gray. As the name suggests, we do things unedited around here. You can expect to hear open and authentic conversations with a side of real talk. Join me as I explore a wide variety of topics within the realm of mind, body, and spirit. Thanks for listening. Hello, friends. So before we dive into this week's episode, I wanted to share with you an investment that I made in my business back in February of this year. So I don't know if you've tuned into the episode, however, Melissa from Bonbo has been on Christy Unedited before, and I think it was towards the beginning of this year, we became fast friends on the gram, which is my most favorite way to connect with others. And lo and behold, she booked an astrology reading with me. And then we decided to back it up by recording a podcast episode together. So not only was I lucky enough to dive into her natal chart, after spending a few hours with her that morning, I was just so inspired by how she looks at things from a completely different perspective and I was intrigued to know more. So her business Bombo is a business design and strategy business and I booked a strategy audit with Melissa and it was just a really great way for me to gain an understanding from a completely objective perspective of what my business not only looks like right now, but what it could look like moving forward. And this is before I moved over to Christy Gray. This is when the podcast was just starting to find its legs. And it was such a an awesome session. It was so jam-packed. So whether you're a business owner, whether you have a side hustle, or whether you dream of starting a business, I really encourage you to reach out to Melissa from Bombo and um, book a session with her because she is all about um, creating strategies for dreamers that want to build the future. And my not only has the direction of my business changed? It's definitely been impacting my business in a positive way, even in the current climate that we're in now. And uh, in addition to that too, is that I am always, and I don't recommend everyone to do this, sliding up in her DMs and just having really awesome chats with her about trends, what's happening right now. I send her the odd Tiger King meme too, (laughs) and I just couldn't recommend her enough. So I have a discount code. Um, If you use the code Christy Gray at checkout, you will receive a discount off any and all of her services. I will link that in the show notes below. But if you have any questions, about my experience with Melissa, please feel free to reach out as I would be more than happy to answer any questions that you may have.
Also, own your magic. Super excited. My four-week online course. We already have a dozen women that are ready to participate. The doors close this coming Friday, which is the 17th of April. We will kick off as a collective girl gang on Monday, the 20th of April. And once the doors close, they close. Okay. So this week's guest is the amazing Abby Lutus. Abby is a life coach, but she is far more than that. She is a multi-passionate woman, and we talk about so many of her passions in this episode, but the theme that we really unpack in this episode is exploring the world and having some incredible adventures, and also how that helps to expand your mindset. Abby has an amazing freebie for you as well, which I have linked in the show notes below. We can't wait to hear what you think of this episode. Enjoy. So today I'm here with Abby, and Abby and I have had a long-standing I think we've had like a long-standing, I want to say internet relationship, but it really isn't because we have a voice message relationship (laughs) that we've been cultivating over, well, I think it's been like at least three months. No, four months, maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, I remember it because we started when I was in Borneo and that would have been in either this, probably around the start of December. So it's about four months. Oh, my goodness. And... So good. That just gave me goosebumps, you saying that, because I was finding towards the back end of last year that I just wanted to join something or involve myself in something that was to help me feel good. And that's Mm. how I met Abby, because I ended up joining Gala Darling's Vortex for anybody, the Vortex for anybody listening. And I had just consumed myself in growing my business the year previous And I just was tired of it. Like, I love my business, but I just needed something to help me feel good. And when you join the Vortex, you have the opportunity to reach out and meet other people and create a magical morning practice. And beautiful Abby reached out to me, and we became magical morning practice partners. So I actually get to talk to her on the daily, which is really special. And we kind of get to go through all the highs and lows of just living today together, which is really fun. So welcome to the podcast, Abby. Thank you. It's really great to be here. And it's such a beautiful practice because we can, even though I don't know the ins and outs of your history, I feel like I'm living side by side or, you know, as if I've just caught up for a coffee with you every single day, because we do this beautiful practice where we say our gratitudes, we set our daily intentions and our future intentions. So it's all very beautifully grounded in the present and in our future desires. And I love that. Oh, and can I tell you, Abby, like you are the most specific manifester that I know. Like when you speak stuff into existence, you have so much conviction behind it. And I love that because I'm such a blue sky thinker and I'm sometimes head in the clouds, but you are just like true blue, like getting that out there. And I just admire that about you. It's so awesome. Yeah. Thank you. And it's really great because even doing this practice, you can be so specific with what you want to manifest. And, you know, I've really been seeing a lot of things come back into my life at the moment because of this practice. And I'm, I love it. So great. So good. So I'm not even going to have, like, I'm not even going to try and introduce you. I'm going to let you introduce yourself because 
you have got such a wealth of experience in so many different areas and I know that you are a life coach but you're so much more than just a life coach because as you said like when I first connected with you you were overseas you were like working with some beautiful kids you travel you just explore so many different facets of your life and I just love that you are juggling and wearing so many hats so I'd love it if you could share a little bit about who you are and what you essentially do. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I will try to keep it as concise as possible because I am a multifaceted, passionate person and love to do a lot of things. So I guess if we go back to um, when I was growing up, I grew up down on the Great Ocean Road and I lived at the beach. I was very fortunate to have my upbringing in my childhood down in Anglesey, which is on the Great Ocean Road. And my parents were all for getting me out and being involved in sports. And so I had I grew a really great big passion for being involved in sports. And they just put me into anything out of the beginning. And I tried netball, basketball, tennis, all these different sports. But I was really drawn to surf lifesaving and I was actually really good at it. So that one really stuck. I also did gymnastics, which I love that that was something as part of my foundation because it's really been like this backbone of the strength has really been served me throughout my whole life. And so I was very successful throughout my teenage years and my 20s as a beach sprinter in my early 20s, uh, I was talent ID'd into bobsledding. So I had an opportunity to go and compete for Australia in the Australian bobsled team. We travelled all over uh, North America and Europe and we were trialling for the Olympics in 2006. And then when that didn't turn out, I had an opportunity to represent Australia in my sport which I'd been doing my whole life in beach printing so I answered that call and, and came back and uh, had that opportunity to represent Australia which was amazing. Now all of this time I was at uni studying, working, trying to figure out what to do. Uh, through Throughout my 20s I'd studied a lot and I guess because I was training as well I was able to study and train and manage that workload together. So I initially started off working with my dad in real estate and then decided I wanted to study tourism and travel and then, you know, wanted to incorporate the sports somehow. So went on to do a little bit more study in sports. And so I started working in event management and wanting to get more into sporting events, but found myself more in the arts and entertainment world and working in the heart of Melbourne at Federation Square, which was the heart of events and so probably still is now. But um, yeah, and so I went along my working, living in the city and, you know, I loved it. I loved all the opportunities of what living in the city gave me and it gave me the opportunity to train. And, but, you know, soon enough, I sort of started to become bored with the, <laughs> with the working at any hour around the clock. Sometimes I'd work through the night. Sometimes I'd be up at four o'clock. In fact, I remember one year I had to, it was the year that digital radio launched and uh, it launched on my birthday and I was rostered on to work the morning shift that day. And 
they had a big event where all the radio stations came to Federation Square and launched digital radio. And I had to be there at four in the morning. And that was the day that I was like, what am I doing working starting at 4am on my birthday? Like, surely there's something more than this. And so uh, I started looking for other work opportunities and moved around a little bit before I realized that I had a bigger calling and that was to go off and and go traveling. So after a few years after that, I, you know, and being involved in some more event management jobs in Melbourne, I decided, no, it was time to pack up. And I had this draw to go overseas and um, I had this real pull. I didn't know why or how or um, I decided I was going to go to South America. My cousin had always done a lot of travel and in fact back when we were studying tourism together my cousin and I had decided that we were going to go to Europe and travel around as soon as we finished the course and uh, I ended up meeting a guy and settling down with him and I didn't go and she did and she went on this epic adventure and traveled around and came back and went off again. And she kept, would always say to me, Abby, like, you've got to go. And I just was like, nah, like, you know, I'm happy to go for a holiday, but you know, I don't think the whole living and traveling overseas is for me. Well, now that I was at this dead end, it was going to be for me. And so off I went to South America. I packed up my little flat. Half of me, I think, thought that I was going to come home, but I think the other half knew deep down that I was just going indefinitely. And so I told everyone that I'd be probably gone for about six months and then I would be back. Well, three and a half years later, I returned. I ended up traveling through South America and uh, ended up going up to Canada and getting a working holiday visa up there. I still stayed in touch with my sports and I wasn't able to, you know, be a beach sprinter in Canada because I was in the ski fields in the middle of the mountains, but I took up roller derby. So that kept me entertained and um, traveled with my team through Canada and North America playing roller derby, which was awesome. But after living in Canada for three years, it was time for me to come home. I didn't really know why I really wanted to stay in Canada. I wanted to, I'd started the residency process, but again, I had this this like subtle intuitive feeling that it was time to go home and all I could put it down to was that perhaps there was going to be more opportunity for me back home so back I came to Australia and I came back to Anglesey where I'd grown up and I probably hadn't been there for 10 years after working in Melbourne traveling and I'd was up near Byron Bay for uni. So it was the first time in a long time that I was back on the coast. And I just sort of started picking up lots of um, different uh, bits and pieces for work. I'd qualified it as, as a massage therapist before going overseas. So I had that in my back pocket. So I started doing some massage and um, teaching surfing as there's a surf school down in Anglesey and just picked up bits and pieces and just found it really difficult to settle in. You know, I'd been traveling and I'd lived in so many places all around the world. And now I was back in my very small coastal sleepy town. And, you know, I was like, what am I doing back here? This is crazy. So uh, I 
sort of thought back to when I'd had this big shift but to go traveling and I'd seen a life coach before you know before life coaching was even a thing and I remember one of my good friends and she's still my good friend now she said to me you know you really should be careful about just finding someone on the internet and and going to see them for life advice. But, you know, I knew in my heart of hearts that she was totally legit and she helped me have this incredible transformation. So all of a sudden I got curious in, you know, what she had taught me all those years ago before I'd left on my travels. And I started looking into life coaching because I thought this is interesting. I had always been interested in personal development and mindset. That stemmed from being an athlete in my teens and 20s and also, um, you know, I like really started diving more deeper into this work when I started traveling as well because I had the time to read books and all of this type of thing. So... Um, so then I studied life coaching and I was really at a bit of a crossroads because I was back in my small hometown and, um, I saw a life coach again and we workshopped some things out and I decided that, you know, I wanted to go back to the mountains. I wasn't going to go back to Canada, but I decided to come up to the ski fields in Australia. So for a few years, I went back and forth. I also managed to pick up an amazing job where I get to lead expeditions and take school kids overseas. So I sort of dabbled between the mountains and the beach for a little while and then finally decided to head on up to the mountains. And, you know, I had a go at trying to get back into the full-time work, but I know that it's just not for me. And so I started picking up some bits and pieces and, yeah, I, you know, to be honest, I can't really put myself in one box. I do a lot of different things. Um, I have, you know, a lot of different passions. I love working in the health and wellness industry. Uh, I have my massage qualifications and I also help people with health and wellness. And, and that also is stemmed from, you know, my background as an athlete, which I'm sort of starting to get back into that a little bit now. Um, and then I have this passion for travel and adventure because I really think um, it is such a great catalyst to expand our minds and really start to level up our mindset because it can teach us so much whilst also having such a phenomenal, you know, experience when we're out, experience different different countries and different cultures. And I see that with so many of the students that I take away. So. Yeah, in a nutshell. <laughs> I don't really think that's a nutshell, but <laughs> I was gonna say it's more than a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like a, a watermelon shell or something <laughs> in comparison to a nut. <laughs> it's just a big shell. That's all I'm gonna lay it down to today. But the question to you, Abby, is like we live like from a societal expectations. It's like pick one thing, what's your purpose? Work towards that. But mm. like you, I'm multi-passionate as well. And it wasn't until I really understood that, A, I was multi-passionate, but, B, I was allowed to be multi-passionate and I could explore whatever my heart desired that I actually accepted it. Do you find that it's taken you a while to accept that you love doing an array of different things and that it's okay not to label yourself as one thing? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that is that can be really hard because we have grown up with our parents who in in their day and in their time that was how things worked. You went to uni and you you got a job. Like my mum was a teacher for most of her life and my dad had his own business in real estate. You just get your job and you do the, the one thing in that job. And that was what my dad would always tell me to do. You just get into get in at a company or wherever it is and, and you work your way up. But that just like I tried that and I just kept getting kicked out, you know, like whether it was my intuition or, or what have you. But I really think that the world is changing now and, you know, now especially there is, you know, we're being called to operate in a new way and work in a new way and, and do life in a new way. And so I think that, yeah, I think that where my heart feels happiest is when I can go and do a wide variety of different things, whether it be massage or travel or leading expeditions or helping people through my coaching business. So I think when, you know, you can take those expectations off, because I think they're still very much ingrained in our society, people who have these jobs, uh, as well as, you know, the last generation, um, still very much think in this way where you you start in one profession and and you that's what you do but you know and I and I do think there is room for that but it's not for everyone I think the flexibility is um, is something that's starting to become a little bit more accepted but you know people live their lives this way and it's totally normal and it's totally fine <laughs> yeah I love that I think it's so important to um, acknowledge that the fact that there is these society societal expectations that are kind of ingrained in us, but mm. at the same time be okay and be confident to pursue so many different avenues of what you enjoy or what lights you up or that what you do today might be different tomorrow. And I really encourage so many people to channel that energy if it intuitively feels good. So I just love that. I feel like you you have so many different interests, but it's almost like you live and breathe every single interest. And I really <laughs> admire that about you because for me, I like be interested in something and then I go, nah, and then I'll get on to the next thing. And it doesn't mean yeah. that I discount it, but I'm just like, oh, I'm now exploring this avenue. Whereas you're like, no, like I actually really enjoy some of these different facets of my life and you own that. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, and I think you have to. You have to own it. Like if you really enjoy it, you've got to put your energy there because if it makes you feel good, then you should be doing it. You know, and I think like not to want to go back too much, but um, thinking of our parents in their era, their parents grew up in that era of the, the Great Depression and war and when things were so scarce. And so that's where that mindset comes from. But that's not where we are in in that era. We're in different times, and we form we need to formulate our mindset according to what the times are doing right now. And and we can do so much. We can do so many different things with the internet. And um, yeah, I think it's yeah. Why wouldn't you? You know, especially because we're recording this like in the middle of a global pandemic. And I think like we're collectively being asked to 
think of things differently and work differently and show up differently. And so it's a really interesting time that we're in. And I truly believe in my heart, it's for the greater good. Like it's actually going to help us, or I would hope collectively, it will help us to reflect and maybe um, think of how we're doing things as humans and how we can um, leverage what we currently do. So we're actually impacting the planet more positively moving Mm. forward but who knows right look I do want to talk about mindset with you but before we even pivot into mindset I actually want to talk about your travel adventures because this is kind of what I'm dying to talk to you about (laughs) how many countries have you traveled to oh I want to say it's up around 37 I know it's somewhere between 35 and 40 so it's getting close to 40 maybe I can get to 40 before I turn 40 (laughs) Oh my goodness, I absolutely love that. Okay, so I know that you have a quite a holistic view on how um, travel helps to expand your mind. Can you share with us, like, what well, that 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 first trip you took to South America was that the first actual trip that you took? Um, I guess that was the first solo trip I ever went on. I think my travels stems back again to my, my beautiful parents were really had a lust for adventure. And I have photos of myself in Fiji when I was probably like 18 months old. So we always went on a holiday. We were very, very fortunate and very privileged to get to go traveling, um, for a two week holiday every year. And my dad, whether he would take us camping or in the caravan, we went on a trip around the Australia. And as I then sort of evolved and grew in, in my teens and twenties, I started traveling for sports. So, um, I started traveling to around to different beaches in Australia and then went on the bobsledding journey, which was to, uh, North America and Europe and then did some championships for surf lifesaving over in Europe and um, I, tra- I backpacked with my sister around Europe in 2008 after we competed at the World Surf Lifesaving Championships and yeah I did a few other trips I went to Central America I had done a bunch of other trips but when I went to South America it was really the first trip that I had gone on where I'd literally just packed my life into my bag. I didn't have, I didn't really have an end date. I had a plane ticket home, but I had a, you know, certain amount of money in the bank and I was, you know, very, very free. So my first solo overseas, you know, unplanned trip, I suppose, was, um, was when I went away in, in 2011 to South America. Oh my goodness. You were like a seasoned traveler before you'd even done that. Like, I know that was your first trip, but like, can we just take a moment to like appreciate the fact that you like literally traveled with like a bobsledding team and like from a sporting perspective and like had done all these amazing trips. Like not many people have done that. Yeah, it was, I was very fortunate and I think I've always been one to take on opportunities and, you know, just try new things. And just, you know, when I went on that adventure with the bobsledding, I was just like, I was always saying to myself, is this real? This is absolutely crazy. But it was. And I was doing it. And I'm so blessed and so fortunate to have had that experience because it was phenomenal. And, you know, not many people are 
going to be able to have that experience. But, you know, it came across my path and I decided to go for it. And the other thing that I want to say is not many people would maybe have the courage or the guts to be like, yeah, I'm going to do this. But I think that's what we, we need to do when these cool things come across our path. You know, maybe at the time it might seem far-fetched or outrageous, but like, why is it coming across your path? Because you're meant to do it. And I think, you know, I love when these opportunities pop up for me. Um, yeah, I think you just have to go for it. That is so cool. The only thing I know about bobsledding is the fact as a child, I liked the the, the movie Cool Runners. <laughs> <laughs> well, you that's know, all I know. <laughs> my story is pretty much the same as Cool Runnings. I was a sprinter and, um, and I got into bobsled because – I guess, you know, Cool Runnings is a true story and that that's where bobsled gets a lot of its talent from is because, you know, the main part of, aside from driving down the track and so on, all the speed that comes at the beginning is from running and pushing the sled. You have about 30 metres before you can jump into the sled. You have to be able to time it precisely. So you have to have that explosion and that power to get the sled moving as fast as you can. And then once you get in the sled, it's up to the the driver or the pilot to steer you on the best course on the way down. So... (laughs) My goodness. So not only are you expanding your mind from jumping in and following your intuition and just taking a chance, but then you're also being challenged in a sport like that. Like, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, like there's a lot of things that you have to process, but you're given the opportunity because it's something that you can step forward into. You know, I think things don't come across our path if we're not able to to do them. And sometimes we might not think that we can, but, you know, if, if you're passionate about something, then step into it and, and know that trust in yourself that you have the ability to, you know, you have what it takes to to take on that adventure. I love that because like your perspective of looking at life as an adventure, because I think life truly is an adventure. Sure, there's going to be some hurdles in your journey, like anything, right? I love, I call them my rock bottoms and I kind of love my rock bottoms. Well, I've learned to love them anyway, because I know with a rock bottom or a setback or an obstacle, it's there on our path to help us to seek a greater perspective or to be able to course correct to something even better. But like looking at life as an adventure well, you never know what you're going to get and to be able to support people to help them to explore their life as an adventure is pretty damn cool it's like that's a niche in itself <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I, I think that you know every adventure for everyone is different you know people can live in the same place for their whole life and still be adventurous. It depends on what you're interested in and you need to explore that. You don't have to be an athlete or a world traveler to, you know, be able to experience adventure and be able to have opportunities come across your path. You've got to figure out what adventure is to you. And, you know, I could have been the person that, um, you know, stayed and grew up in the same town and and still live lives where they were born and 
you know, that's totally fine. I've met so many people who are like that. It doesn't mean they're not adventurous. You know, we, we don't need to put it in a box of just because, you know, you've been out and, and traveled the world and done all this thing, these things. Adventure is all around us. Yeah, oh, I love that. Okay, so can I ask you, Vin, what's been your greatest adventure to date? <laughs> the pressure's on. Yeah. I have so many. Like, you know, the story of, of the bobsled was a really insane, crazy adventure. When I got back from overseas, I was also really in search of something as well. You know, I felt like I couldn't just sit still. I wanted to do something big and bold. And so I answered a call to attempt a sea kayaking expedition to paddle across Bass Strait. So I did that back in 2015. We weren't successful, actually. The expedition was one of those, um, I guess, events where, you know, it's Murphy's Law, everything that can go wrong will go wrong. And that's what I experienced in that. But at the time, it was really frustrating and it was challenging. And there was lots of challenges and hurdles that we had to overcome. And we didn't make it. We got stuck on some islands that are about halfway in between Victoria and Tasmania. And we were there for about a week. And even the group that we went with was, you know, there was lots of people that didn't get along within the group it was just every you know I think if we'd have cameras on that expedition it would have sold for millions as a reality tv show but um you know I I still took the approach and looked back on that adventure as to like, what did I take away from that you know we got to go into this wild ocean and I'd never paddled a sea kayak before or been on an expedition and I spent months and months throughout winter training and learning and you know getting prepared and, and it wasn't just about the physical paddle it was all about the planning and the preparation and the logistics, the navigation, a lot of that was quite above my head and I had to learn at least a little bit. But we got to visit these beautiful islands that were so remote. You could only get there from a sea kayak or a yacht and, you know, there's not many people doing that sort of thing. But it really was so beautiful, these, you know, beautiful islands. I just remember this one that we spent most of our time on just – was so abundant and the water was so clear and oh, it was just thriving. There was no phone or internet reception or anything like that. And it really, it just really simplified life. And, you know, basically we got up and we ate and walked along the beach and read a book and that was pretty much the day. <laughs> it was, it was really beautiful. And, you know, many people on that trip that came with us were so frustrated that they you know and I think everyone was frustrated that we didn't end up making the crossing but you know some people just take that so far but I think it is what it is you have to roll with the punches you know you can't sometimes there's just a, a different plan for you you're not always going to accomplish everything that you set out to do um I also went on another um Another, I guess, adventure a couple of years ago, a friend of mine had told me about 
a beautiful trail up in up near Cairns um, on Hinchinbrook Island and I really wanted to walk this trail and I was a bit last minute in my planning and I wanted to find someone to come along with me but I couldn't find anyone so I was going solo because I I was doing this regardless and uh, it was a four-day hike and you had to take all your own food and water and tent and everything onto the island and yeah I remember the day before camping on the mainland and just almost crying my eyes out because I was like I can't do this and the things that I was afraid of and I look back now it was just like so ridiculous I was afraid of seeing crocodiles or if I was to get bitten by a snake or you know all these sorts of things and I didn't see a single crocodile or a snake and in fact on the transfer over to the island I met some beautiful girls and ended up doing the whole hike with them so you know, sometimes what we fear is just a story in our mind. It's not actually reality. And I think we need to really, you know, remember where we are and and what we're doing and, and we can get strength from that. But, you know, that adventure was incredible, just being immersed in nature, walking on the trail, seeing beautiful waterfalls. Oh, it was just, it was just divine. Like it felt like, it felt like about a month, but it was only four days that I was out there for. So it was uh, so beautiful. I really loved um, Hinchinbrook Island. It was amazing. Where is that? Uh, it's off the coast of C- Cordwell, which is about two hours south of Cairns. Um, yeah. So, yeah, up in far north Queensland. Beautiful area. Beautiful Highly so recommend. Good. <laughs> oh my goodness, there's so many parts of Australia that I just haven't even explored yet. Because when, like, for me, like, if I'm like, I'm going to take a holiday, I'm like, oh my goodness, where can I go? And sometimes it's so easy to forget that we have so many beautiful places right in our backyard. And I think mm. I'm reflecting on that a lot right now. It's like now that we're kind of confined to our own houses, it's like, I think, well, my word of the year is freedom and I feel a little caged in right now. And so it's actually giving me a greater perspective and I know that that's what it's giving me. And I'm like, oh, there's so many things that we should be really grateful for. And it's times like these where we're really, things are put into perspective. Mm, Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think, you know, I heard someone say the other day that freedom is really just a mindset, you know, uh, how, how do you feel in your mind? And it doesn't, freedom doesn't necessarily mean having to be out in the vast open land, but how can you just be free in your mind? So maybe that's what it's calling you to look for. I love that. Oh my goodness. I love that. I'm going to sit with that for a moment because that's (laughs) really good. I've got so much bloody fire in my natal chart. I'm like, let me be free in in all aspects of my life, which that happened when I went to the Vipassana because I lived after four days because I was like, I'm not free. And it's funny because I've actually had a few clients and just people on Instagram reach out to me because um, I've been trying to support people where I can right now because we're in this time of uncertainty. And um, I think what a lot of people have actually been coming back to me with this week has been like, the people that are especially all about feelings, like they are huggers or they like a human interaction and Mm. they're struggling because when they're going outside to go for a walk or trying to just get out of their house, people aren't making eye contact right now. Like people really don't know how to interact because Mm. we're kind of being asked to do things differently. I don't know 
what that's like where you live, but on the Gold Coast, it's definitely been like that. And so they're struggling. I'm like, oh, honey, that was like when I was a Vashana. Nobody's <laughs> even looking at you. And so you're kind of like, how do I navigate the world? It's Yeah, I don't know. It's really interesting. But you live in a small town, right? So you yeah. probably are finding it's a bit more community focused right now. Yeah, I don't experience any of that. I've actually felt more connected when I go out. So if I'm normally, if I'm going out, it's to go for a run or to, you know, do some work or go to the store. And so I've found mainly on my run when I come across people you know, more so people are smiling and saying hello or waving to me as they drive past and I'm on my run and I make an effort to do the same as well. And I was thinking yesterday about like this time we are being asked to self-isolate and it's really interesting. I was really craving that, you know, just a hug from someone because I live on my own. So that means that, you know, my day, there's no partner, there's no housemate, there's no friend or family like some people get to have. And I understand that like that can be great, but can also be frustrating as well. But I am fortunate that I get to create my own space, but just, it's amazing what you start missing. And I think the last time I hugged someone was when I finish up one of my shifts at work maybe about a week or so ago and it's like wow you know we are craving something so quickly after you know not being able to have it and so yeah I think being in the smaller town it is quite community focused we're seeing some people come up from the cities and you know it can be quite frustrating because everyone's being asked to stay where they are you know, even if you have a holiday house somewhere, you shouldn't be going there. Like we need to be grounded where we are. That's what we're being asked of at the moment. Mm, absolutely. No, I love that perspective. It's good. Um, okay, so question for you. You have definitely like a unique thought process on mindset. And I love that you really are looking at the world from an adventure perspective. Tell me, how has travelling for you expanded your thought processes, but also your mindset, because I would imagine each time you go somewhere or you throw yourself into the deep end and experiencing something new, like you're building mental resilience, essentially, but you're also probably being faced with some things that you didn't expect as well, which they could be positive or negative. So I'd love to explore mindset for you, because I know that's something that you really relish in, and I just love talking about it as well. (laughs) Yeah. I think the mindset piece came into my life when I was maybe around 15 or 16, around that time when I was really starting to set some pretty radical um, sporting goals for myself. And so mindset for me in the beginning was all about setting goals and, you know, working towards them. So it was very, very controlled space, I suppose. And at that early age, it was a great time because I could start to program my mind because I started to become aware of all of this. And so I was able to start putting the positive thoughts in and, you know, really just doing things because I wanted to do them. Like the goals for me were so strong that I didn't care what other people thought of me if I was going out and doing a training session, you know, in public or um, or what it may be. And so I was able to start building that positive mindset and those 
thought patterns that now become ingrained in my mind. And I think that really served me through study and going through some work after I left my studies. When I went to start exploring, you know, I never from the get-go thought that it was going to be about being able to shift your mindset. It was more during the fact and after the fact, I suppose, that you look back because what it actually does is it really puts you in these positions that are unexpected sometimes. Uh, You don't know what you're going to face. You don't know what you're going to come up against. And that's what really builds resilience. You can build resilience by having a set outcome and you know what you're working towards and it's a challenge. But when you have absolutely no idea of what you're going to face, you have to get creative. And it's really interesting that we're talking about resilience because my podcast that went live today is all about resilience. And, you know, resilience is about how to deal with things that are unknown. You've got to start to act on these problem-solving skills. I mean, if you just rest and and don't do anything, then you're not building resilience. You have to get creative and use that problem-solving ability. You have to be open to what, what it is that you're facing and know that you might not be in control, you know, We're not in control all the time and this time is certainly showing us we're not in control. But if you have good resilience, you'll be able to adapt. And if you can adapt, then, you know, you can have freedom in the own four walls of your house. And, like, I love being on my own and it's been an interesting ride even just in the last few weeks of being on this self-isolation journey. But you know, I'm managing to adapt because I've built that resilience because I've been out into the world and, you know, faced with these circumstances where perhaps you, um, I'm just trying to think of something off the top of my head. Well, um, you know, when I first arrived in Argentina and I was so concerned about how in the world was I going to get to my hostel because I don't speak the language. I have no idea about the buses and, you know, I, but you figure it out. And, you know, when, when we're going about our day-to-day lives, it's not like we're just going to say, oh, I'm going to put myself in this position where I don't know how to do something. Sometimes you have to go way outside your comfort zone to have that experience. And, you know, they're just going to pop up unexpectedly. You know, how do we figure this out? It was like when I was on the sea kayaking expedition and we weren't able to make the crossing because we had the weather. It's like, okay, well, what's the plan B? We never completely thought this plan through, but now we're in this situation and we have to work it out. So, you know, you could also sit back and not bother about working it out, but where does that leave you then? You know, you're nowhere, I guess. So going on adventures, you know, you can plan so far and you can plan so much, but you can't plan for absolutely everything. And that's where the mindset piece comes in because if you are determined, if you have that resilience and that strong will, those problem-solving skills, you will figure it out and and it will be okay. (laughs) So, yeah, I think that, like, that is what I've really found, that growth and that, you know, just that curiosity of, like, going to new places. Those are the parts of the mindset 
piece that travel and adventure has been able to expand for me. Do you think that's the greatest gift that you've been given when exploring the world? Oh, I think, I, I don't know. I just think like, I honestly just look at my life and think that is the greatest gift that I have been given because if I, if you had asked me 20 years ago where I was going to be and what I would have done, I would not have imagined in my wildest dreams that I would have done everything that I have. And, and that is not limited to travel and adventure, but all the sporting successes that I've had and the, and the people that I've been able to meet, like, I just, I really feel like, you know, I have made the most of what's been put in front of me. And I think that's why I feel so lucky. (laughs) I love that, Abby. That's so beautiful. Like, oh, that's just so good. I'm just sitting with that right now. I just absolutely love that because you know, sometimes it doesn't take something to be a gift. Sometimes it's just the gift of just what you've got right in front of you as well. Um, So question, in regards to, I've got another question on mindset. I'm totally unpacking mindset, which I'm loving. Um, So I know, but not everyone listening knows, so you have been in a bit of a challenge this year because you were actually working towards a competition, but with the current circumstances, that has been changed. And, like, to share with you, I don't even know if I've shared this with you, but it's been really interesting because we're Magical Morning Practice Partners. I get to talk to you every day. And so I've, like, seen this – well, not seen. I've heard the steady incline of, like, positivity – energy being cultivated and like you've really been making some big shifts in your life because you've been working towards and pursuing a new new goal so can you unpack that a little bit for us like what do you think's been the pivotal moment for you to because you're continuing to shift like you're continuing to cultivate your mindset all the time like I'm not saying this one thing is changing it for you but you're always expanding and I'd love to know like have you had any light bulb moments from this journey that you're on right now Um, yeah, I mean, it's really interesting. I think there can be so many times in our lives when we don't realize that we're in a bit of a rut. And I think I found myself in that space mm, mid last year. I didn't really know it. I I still felt like a really positive person. And I picked up a, a book called The Artist's Way, which is a three month program. And it really encourages you to I guess, delve into the inner workings of your mind through writing and creativity. And it encourages you to write down everything that you're feeling as if no one would ever read it back, not even yourself. And the very first week of starting that program that I did, you know, sort of heading towards the end of last year, I realized that what was going on in my head was not all this positive, um, you know, high vibrational energy, which I feel like I have now. And it was more like, wow, where are these negative thoughts coming from? And like, what have I been holding and harboring within me? Although I didn't show that on the surface, it was something that I'd kept inside me. And so I continued to write. And then I started to um, explore art and the creativity, which is really just a way to express you know, express the way you're feeling. And it was not really art for an outcome. It was more to really just 
express your feelings through creativity and through art. So I started painting and crochet and drawing and all these types of things. And it was really a great way for me to release, release in the writing and then get creative through the art. And after, you know, that program really sparked a few things in me. It encouraged me to look back on some things that I loved when I was a child and I started getting back into astrology, as you know, and really I've started to study that a bit more because I realized on my bookshelf, the only books that I have left from when I was a child are all my horoscope books and star sign books. So I'm like, there's something in that. And, you know, it is a passion of mine because I love it so much. And I've picked that up in the last you know, few months. But, you know, once this program ended, I was like, I still want to keep going and how can I keep feeding my mind with something that is going to, I guess, keep me going. And so I've picked up a few books where it's more like you, there's a sort of a daily message, I suppose. And I started on on one book in particular, A Course in Miracles, which is quite a, a big, big text. And um, I started going down that path. And then when I set this goal for myself, I was like, well, um, I'm going to train my mind. And I had a, a training, a mental training program um, handbook, which I did when I was 17, when I was working towards a goal. And I was like, well, I'm going to pick this book up in the lead up to this competition, which is what I did. And, you know, long behold, the competition has been cancelled, like we talked about. Um, but I'm still going on this book because I just love it. And I'm, I'm loving what it's, how it's making me feel. And, you know, as soon as the um, competition was cancelled and we I knew that that wouldn't be happening this year. I was too deep into my program and my work towards my goal to really be too concerned. I just thought, okay, well, I've just got an extra year now. Like, and I think because that I'd started to dive into this work, it really, you know, it really, I really realised that you know, I love it so much and it makes me feel so good. So why wouldn't I keep doing this in my everyday? And so for me, it's just been a bit of a, now it's shifted to a long-term goal and instead all these other things that I can utilize these skills for have, have popped up and, and, you know, now we have all this time, it's, you know, there's other things that I'm being called to do as well as keep that momentum going of, of all my training and, you know, the goal's just shifted to next year now. Oh my goodness, I love that. That's cool. I love that you mentioned that channeling energy into, especially creativity and that inner child creativity, I think is so profound, but also too, when you're doing something with no expectation on the outcome, because I think as soon as we put an expectation on the outcome, it shifts everything for us because we're expecting something or a result from something. And sometimes it's so important to do things without getting an accolade at the end or getting somebody to say, you've done a great job or I've won this, like mm. just having a little bit of fun. Because I think yeah. today, right, oh, sorry, I was going to say, but today we just go, go, go. And it's so tunnel vision. It's like hustle, hustle, hustle. Yeah. Or going because there's a result at the end. And so many people don't start something because they think they can't do it to their level of expectation. And, you know, when I started doing the crochet, I just sort of 
started doing it to see if I could do it. I didn't think I'm going to crochet a headband or like I'm going to crochet a blanket. I was just like, I just want to see if I can do this. And so, and it was the same if I ever thought of like the grand outcome that I would like to do, especially with if I was drawing or painting, then it would be much harder for me to start where it was like, if I just want to feel about feel into the colors or and I did this amazing painting the other day because I just was like I just want to feel about the colors and what colors do I want to use and what what are sort of brush strokes do I want to do on the canvas and and then the result was this amazing painting so like I didn't have an expectation and when you don't have an expectation you're just doing it for fun because when you dive into these creative practices they really bring you into the moment because you're you're so fixated on the coloring the strokes of the pencil or the paintbrush and what colors are you using you just can't help but be absorbed in the moment so that's what i really loved about about the creative outlet oh so good oh i haven't done anything like that for ages but what i did do was like the other day um, I had, I'm trying to redo all my astrology flashcards at the moment, my study cards. And um, from an adult learning perspective, like some really great tips for anybody listening is when you use colour, it helps mm. with retention of knowledge. And when you use pictures or draw pictures, it helps you to recall information in a really unique way. And I like had all this washi tape that I use for like my calendar, my wall calendar. And I was like, and I had a couple of old magazines and I was like, I am just, because I write down everything. I'm like a scribbler. I've always got a diary in front of me like I do right now. And I'm always writing notes down. But I always think, when do I even look back at those notes? Like, never. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, right, I'm going to make my study cards look beautiful. And I like started redoing them. And even though I wasn't necessarily painting, it was a way for me to channel that creativity. And I had a ball. I think I spent like five hours just pissing about like I don't want to say pissing about because it really isn't because it's actually adding value but it didn't feel like work Mm, yeah and it's isn't it funny like I often think that about when I take notes it's like how often do I go back and actually read these notes I think sometimes the reason that you take notes is because in the moment it helps you to ingrain it into your mind but yeah it is really just about the process and you know five hours spent you know, diving into some beautiful art is five hours well spent, I can tell you. (laughs) So good. So I only have a couple of questions for you, but um, before I fire those at you, have you got any tips for anybody and like mindset or adventure or, or being able to maybe even cultivate adventure in your own home right now? Because Mm. We're, we're in full wolves, but who knows how long? <laughs> yeah. Look, I really fully believe in the writing process. And I think if you're ever feeling frustrated or if you have things on your mind is to free write. I remember feeling so resistant to this, but when I started writing, it was like I was writing away all the negative thoughts and feelings in my mind and, you know, write like no one's going to read it, not even you, not even, you know, you can actually burn it afterwards if you want. I think that can really help get things out Also speaking is good as well, but you might not necessarily want to speak it to someone and the writing kind of makes it real. You put it on the paper and you kind of, as you're writing it, you're like, oh, am I actually saying this? So I think that's amazing. 
Another tip that I have, and this can really go across anything in your life, and that's consistency. It's been my word. You talked about your word being freedom. Well, my word for the year has been consistency. And, you know, we achieve things by doing little tasks on a regular basis. And whether the task is, you know, diving into some healthy nutrition practice, whether it's exercise, whether it's tapping into a lesson every day, learning, you know, meditation or focusing on something or a visualization practice. If you have consistency, you'll start to see that you'll take, you know, you'll start to get closer to what it is that you want to accomplish. I've already seen that. So with so many areas of my life, this year, um, especially my health and wellness and my mindset, because I've been consistent. I've been consistently following, um, you know, a mental training program or my nutrition plan or my training exercise plan. So consistency is probably, if I can give you one tip, if you want to sort of change is you have to be consistent. And I think, let's think about the adventure piece because, you know, right now people are, you know, we're, we're being asked to stay at home, but there are still adventures in in our own home. And I think, you know, you have to get curious, you know, have a look. What what are the books that you have on your bookshelf? What, what are you feeling called to do? And I think sometimes the writing process can really help with this. Get creative and, you know, like I'm currently starting to grow an indoor garden because it's something that I can do. I mean, it's not something that's going to happen in a couple of weeks' time. It's going to be a long-term project. But where can you get curious about, you know, the things that you have in your own home to, um, you know, dive you dive into an, an adventure. And it's probably going to be one of your mind because we can't go out and have these physical experiences out in nature or, or out in, in the big wide world. So, you know, maybe it's picking up a, a hypnosis session or a meditation or what, um, what is your interest? There's got to be some sort of podcast that you can find on that or, you know, a YouTube channel. Like there are so many things. We we have this incredible thing called the internet where you can literally tune into exactly what it is that you want to learn about or want to know. We can go on an adventure through the internet <laughs> right from our computers and we're just so lucky and so grateful and I really think that we don't use this tool enough in the right way to, you know, to to get really curious about what it is and, you know, maybe, maybe we can't go out and have these big adventures but thinking back to my expedition and my sea kayaking and my trek up on the Thorsbourne Trail, they all took a long time to plan and to plan you need to have time to sit down and map out the routes and get things organized look at you know the navigation it takes time it's not just the adventure in the in the physical itself you do actually need to put in planning so you know if there's an adventure that you want to do you can go and do the research right now. You can spend that time. You know, what is it that you really want to do? What fuels your soul? Go and do it. Go and start planning for it. Oh, so good. So many great little gold mines in there, Abby. And I just love that your perspective, you always have such a sunny and positive outlook, which I just absolutely love. And I think that anybody listening is going to get so much value from 
so many of the things that you've shared today, which is just super rad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm realizing as I study astrology, that's probably my um, Leo sun and my Sagittarius rising combination that makes me that way. So, um, and then I have, you know, the flip side with the Aquarius moon. So that's always going to take me on a deep dive into mindset and <laughs> in the future. So I know. Well, it's actually because I can't remember what house is your Leo sun in. Do you remember? It's in the ninth house, which is, of oh, course, adventures and, and travel overseas, far travels, yes. Yeah, so. Oh, my goodness. So that must mean that your moon is an Aquarius in the third, which is local community and communication. Yeah. <gasps> so good. And because that's a polarity in itself, yeah. because Leo yeah. is opposite Aquarius on the zodiac wheel. I love that. Exactly. <gasps> yeah. And I was born on a full moon, so it's like that that extreme duality because, you know, and it's so interesting because sometimes I find myself like, am I an introvert? No, I'm an extrovert. No, I, like it's that, you know, the, the opposition of the sun and the moon and, and I have that in my astrology chart. It's fascinating. Yeah, it is. It's good because I think, look, knowledge is power, right? And I think sure. that if yeah. you don't know about that duality, if you would question. Like I would imagine mm. I've got a couple of polarities in my natal chart. And so it wasn't until I started exploring that and going, oh, okay, that's why I do certain things the way that I do or that's why I don't like being necessarily vulnerable and this is what I need to do to overcome that. But knowing that, especially when it comes to like Leo wants to be on stage, which you would know, whereas Aquarius is like, don't look at me. I don't want to be on stage, but I kind of do like want us to work together so I can be on stage. So I just love that. That's so good. Totally. Yeah. I mean, the more you explore, the more you find and the more you uncover. That's what I love about astrology. And I'm learning so much about myself and it's just all makes sense. Ah, oh, it's so good. It, well, it's changed my life. I'm a little biased. I like to talk about it all the time because, oh, I'm just, I feel so blessed that not only I followed my intuition to get to that point where I started studying it, but also too, I just feel really blessed that I can, and I can help others now find mm. and help them course correct or help them find what mm. they need to and using a modality like astrology is just really special. Mm, yeah, I know. And for me, like it was something that I, I've always been interested in, like my mum, um, must have known that when I was a child because I still I have all these books that were they're like kids books on astrology and star signs and I don't know I, I remember someone said to me like oh I don't really believe in astrology uh, because how can you put everyone in 12 categories based on the signs of the zodiac and if I had the information I have now I could really holistically answer that question and say well it's actually the exact opposite to that we're so unique it's not just about our sun signs there's just you know it's about our entire star map and our birth chart when we're born so yeah fascinating so good I love that oh so a couple of questions for you where can people yeah. find you online Yes, you can go to my website. It's www.abbylutus.com. And I also have a podcast called The Wonderlusters Mind, where I delve into adventures and travel stories of my guests. And we also unpack like the mindset, the big mindset change that, you know, they have had on their adventures. 
And I also like to ha- hang out on Facebook, um, just Abby Lutus. You can find me there. I have a few um, communities that I head up. And then on Instagram, I love Instagram. And I'm just Abby Lutus at Instagram. Awesome. Amazing. So my last question to you, Abby, is what is something that you want to achieve this year? what is something that I want to achieve this year? I'm really working on pivoting my business at the moment. So, um, you know, I've had all this growth and um, I really need to bring in all of the knowledge and the studies that I've done and figure out the next steps forward for me in my business because I have all these skills and modalities and I love each and every one of them, whether it be coaching or mindset or health and wellness. And yeah, now I need to figure out the best way to pivot for me to start taking steps forward. So I'm really excited to have some more time and space to accomplish that. I'm just so excited for you because I think once you get to that point where you know exactly what it looks like or where you want to take it, it's exciting. And similar to you, I remember being in that position where I was like, shit, what do I do? Because I've got all these amazing things and I kind of like them all and how do I merge them all together? But when they come together and they come together so beautifully, it's just, oh, it just takes your breath away. And I just absolutely know because I had the luxury of like chatting to you every day that it will a hundred percent come together and it will just be so damn magical. I actually can't wait to see it transpire to be honest. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm really excited. I'm excited for everything to evolve as it should. (laughs) Uh, Well, I just want to say, Abby, thank you so much for letting me um, unpack your brain a little bit today on all things adventure and mindset and I know that we didn't even scratch the surface with all of your adventures like we only really touched on a couple of the countries that you traveled to and not even in full detail and so I just feel really grateful that I was able to chat to you today and give the list like somebody listening a little bit of insight into where you've been but also your really unique perspective on mindset because it's so it's so awesome and you have so much value to offer so thank you. Mm, thank you so much it's been an honor and such a pleasure to come on your podcast and yeah I think isn't it interesting we always say that and I even say it with travel I didn't even scratch the surface but I don't think that's what matters I think what matters is that we actually we did scratch the surface just a little bit and we we found some nuggets and we found some you know beautiful insights and even if you can just scratch the surface just a little tiny bit whether it be travel or getting to know someone or connecting or you know even just a passion that you love then I think that's enough